Hello and welcome to the Science of the Covenant podcast. And we are coming to you on a very special day. Today is Shavuot. And today is a very special two-part series that Pastor Washington is going to be giving us. So stay tuned as Pastor Washington give us a special two-part series on Shavuot. Pastor, over to you. All right. Thank you very much, boys. What we want to do on Shavuot today is to look at something that is rarely discussed. And so we want to look at that. And I've entitled this discourse, The Salvation of the Seasons, The Salvation of the Seasons. By way of introduction, according to Scripture, season of salvation is something I don't hear too much about. Usually when we speak in terms of salvation, it is in reference to the salvation of souls. However, when we consider the ways in which Yah concerns himself with seasons, he looks upon them from at least two aspects. See, when we talk about a season, uh, we may look at it from one aspect, but he generally looks at it from a, at least two aspects. The first aspect is that Elohim views seasons from the standpoint of weather and the climatical conditions. So in other words, he's saying uh, when you deal with the weather, you got certain climates, and he deals with it from that way, which is also called seasons. According to the scriptures, we are told that there are four seasons of weather, <clears throat> which we refer to as spring, summer, fall, and winter. So let us turn to Genesis chapter 8. In Genesis chapter 8, and we want to look at uh, the ways that he views what we call the seasons. Now here in in, uh, Genesis chapter 8, and we're looking at verse number 22, which is the last verse of chapter 8, and it says... While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. So we are given uh, a covenant that after the after <clears throat> the destruction of the world by water, Elohim recognizes that the earth is still remaining, and he's reminding us a part of the covenant is that we'll still have seed time and harvest, cold and heat, and summer and winter. And this is what we refer to as spring, summer, fall, and winter. Elohim made the weather a part of the covenant he made to Noah. He said to him, while the earth remained, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. The Hebraic work, the Hebraic word, for this type of season is the word eth, E-T-H, eth. It's a Hebrew word. It means seasons. It has to do with the climatic changes of the seasons of the year, and it carries the meanings of time. And this time that it's talking about is springtime, summertime, autumntime, and wintertime. This is what it, this word refers to, eth. This reference to time 
has to do with various times in which the earth experiences the climatic changes from spring to winter. The aspect of the second is that Elohim views seasons from the standpoint of the festival he has established as holy convocations of which he wants his people to observe. The Hebraic word for this type of season is moed, M-O-E-D, moed. And it carries the meaning of an appointed time. So as we look at this appointed time, we see that these are times which he has established to meet with his people. However, the interesting thing about both the weather seasons and the festival season is that they are tied together. Consequently, what we want to focus on in this study is the correlation between the seasons which are akin to our various weather conditions and the seasons referring to the festivals. And we will refer to these respective seasons as the following. The climatic seasons, now when we deal with the climatic seasons, we are dealing with the seasons of the year, like spring, summer, fall, and winter. Those are the climatical seasons. And then when we deal with the festival seasons, our concern will be to lay out the festivals in, in, in a way that we can observe what the climatical fe festivals are, and secondly, what the festivals uh, seasons are. And the third thing, we want to associate the climatic and the festival seasons uh, with, the, with, the, with the cross. Now, we won't deal with the cross in this particular discourse. This is the first part of what we consider the salvation of the seasons. So when we deal with the seasonal salvation, the first part will just be to look and see how the climatic seasons and the festival seasons coincide. And then in the next uh, discourse this evening, we will show how both the climatic and the festival seasons align themselves with the cross. So let us uh, look at what we call the salvation of the seasons. Okay, so as we pointed out in Genesis 8.22, the climatical seasons. In the climatical seasons, uh, we have what we call the spring we have the summer, and we have the fall and the winter. Okay, these are these are the seasons: winter, spring, summer, fall, and winter. In the festival seasons, and let us turn, let us turn to Leviticus twenty-three. Want to look at? We see in uh, Genesis eight twenty-two about the climatic seasons. Now we want to look in Genesis chapter 23, and we want to look at what the festival uh, seasons are. Now the word for seasons in the 23rd chapter 
And when it says here in Leviticus 23, verse 2, and the latter part of this verse says, even these are my feasts. Now, these feasts here, in some Bibles, they may have seasons. And then we read in the fourth verse of the 23rd chapter, it said, these are the feasts of Yehoah, even holy convocations which ye shall proclaim in their seasons. Now, particularly, this word in the fourth verse of the 23rd chapter of Leviticus, the word for seasons is moed, okay? So it's different from et, which means the climatical changes of the year. It is talking about the festivals that Yahweh has established, okay? So this is what we call the festival seasons. Now, when we deal with the festival seasons, there are seven of them. We have the Passover feast, the unleavened bread feast, the first fruit feast, the Shaviot feast, the trumpets feast, the atonement feast, and the tabernacle feast. So there we have the layout. The climatical feasts are spring, summer, fall, and winter. The festival feasts or seasons are Passover, unleavened bread, first fruit, Shaviot, trumpets, atonement, and tabernacles, or what some refer to as the Feast of Booths. But when you deal with the Feast of Booths, it's also the Feast of Tabernacles. Now that we have laid out respectively the climatical and the festival seasons, let us now view them sad by sad. We will start with the correlation of the vernal seasons with the festival seasons, which occurred during that time period. We will entitle this section, the correlation of the seasons, okay? The correlation of the seasons. When we correlate the climatic seasons with the festival seasons, we'll discover that Elohim's festivals fall within all four seasons of the year. And that is if we include the weekly, the weekly feast of the Shabbat. You see, if we, if we, if we go from summer to winter, we find that his feast covers all of those areas if we include the weekly Shabbat. However, for Yah's annual feast, they align themselves with only three of the climatic seasons of the year, respectively, spring, summer, and fall. It is these three seasons we will concern ourselves with. Because when we deal with the winter, he did not establish any annual feasts in the wintertime. He only had the weekly feasts, which is also a festival. He had a weekly feast in the winter times, but there are no feasts that he established outside of, of the fall. The winter feast has no annual feasts in them. And we will align the festive seasons to their climatic seasons. Our first climatic season is spring, of which we will refer to as this 
in this section as the vernal festivals, the vernal fest festivals. The vernal festivals, that's spelled V-E-R-N-A-L, the vernal festivals are those which occur in the springtime of the year when nature puts forth new growth of the botanical world of vegetation, herbs, and plants. As a matter of fact, the first Hebraic month has reference to the Abiv. The Hebraic word for Abiv carries the meaning of budding and sprouting. So when we think about the month of Abiv, the reason why the Hebrews has characterized that as the first month around the Abiv is because that's when things began to bud and to be able to sprout. Moreover, in Babylon, this first month was called Nisan, N-I-S-A-N. It was called Nisan. Now, Nisan, the name Nisan comes from the name of the Babylonian god of, of spring. In other words, the Babylonian Elohim of spring, they call it Nisan because the, the word Nisan means spring. And so when you have spring, you have things budding and shooting forth. So the word spring is so appropriate for this time of the year. For the very meaning of the word spring means to sprout or to grow. If that is so, then I would be led to believe that in the creation of this world, when Elohim created this earth, his first climatic season would have to be or to have been that of spring. So when we look at the creation, it must have started with spring because that's the time in which things budded, they sprouted, and they grew. So when we read in the creation narrative, it was on the third day of creation that Elohim brought forth vegetation, those things which budded and sprouted from the earth. Now let us turn to Genesis. Genesis chapter 1. So here in Genesis chapter 1, we want to look at uh, the first season of the year. And when we look at Genesis chapter 1, and we consider verses 11 through 13, it says, And Elohim said, Let the earth bring forth grass, and herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind, and Elohim saw that it was good. And evening and morning were the third day. So we see on the third day when Elohim created all of the vegetation and the herbs and, and the things that were plants out of the earth, it must have been the springtime because it, this is what spring does. It brings forth things. So when we consider the fact that uh, the vernal, uh, the, the, vernable, the, 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 the vernal seasons of the year, which is the spring se season, it 
was a time when things would grow and come forth. Ideally, within this season of which we refer to as spring, Elohim instituted three of his annual festival seasons. Let us now look at and examine them. Okay, we want to turn back to Leviticus chapter 23. In other words, we want to look into the springtime of the year and see what feasts he instituted within the spring of the year. Let us now look at and examine them. Okay, we read, now this is concerning the annual feast, not, not the weekly feast, because as I pointed out, Elohim's feasts are in the summer and the spring and the fall. He doesn't have any annual feasts in the winter. Okay, so when we read in, Genesis, in, in Leviticus, that is, chapter 23 and verse 5, it says, In the 14th day of the first month at even is Yehoah's Passover. So the first vernal feast that we have is the vernal feast of Passover. Passover comes in the spring. The first annual feast of which Elohim ascribed to his people Israel was that of the Passover in the first month of the Abib. On the 14th day at even, his people were to keep the feast of Passover, or the feast of Passover. That was the first vernal feast, was Passover. And what we'll be determining is in the next lecture we'll have this evening, we look forward to, is to, is to try to point out why is it that he put Passover first. But right now, we are just aligning the, the, the vernal feast with the season in which it came, which was spring. Now, when we read in Leviticus 23, verse 6, it says, and on the 15th day of the same month is a feast of unleavened bread unto Yehoah. Seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. So we have the vernal feast of Passover. Now we have the vernal feast of unleavened bread. Now, unleavened bread uh, was the, the second annual feast of which Yahuwah appointed to his people, which was that of unleavened bread on the 15th day of the first month. And so when you had Passover, right after Passover that evening, you had on the 15th, you had unleavened bread. As a matter of fact, the very bread, the very bread that was used in the feast was barley. Here we can see a tie-in with the grain of the earth, with the feast itself. Bread was made of the barley without any leaven in the bread. So what we see here is that the first feast in spring, uh, not the first feast, but the second feast in spring was unleavened bread. And they got the name from the very bread that was coming from the barley. And this barley was to be made out of bread, but no leaven was to be in the bread. So the second vernal feast is that of unleavened bread, which came in the spring. 
And then we have what we call the vernal feast of first fruits. Okay. Now, when we deal with first fruits, we want to turn to Leviticus 23, and we're going to want to look at verses 10 and 11. Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When ye be come into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheave of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priests, and he shall wave the sheave before Jehovah to be accepted for you on the morrow. After the Shabbat, the priest shall wave it. So this is called the vernal feast of first fruits. The third annual feast, which was given to ancient Israel, was that of first fruits. First fruits occurred on the first day after the Sabbath, which came in the week of unleavened bread, which is a seventh day, a seven day feast. Here again, there is a correlation between this annual feast and the spring season. It was the priest who would wave the first barley grain as a wave offering before Yahuwah in thankfulness of it coming forth from the earth and providing food sustenance for Israel to live upon. So here we have three annual vernal feasts coming in springtime of the year, namely Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits. Our next season is that of the summer of which we will refer to as the summary festivals. So let's look at the summary festivals. There is only one summary fest, feast which occurs in the spring, in the summertime of the year when, when the fruits mature and the wheat has come up as the next grain offering. One of the Hebraic words for summer is what we call quiets, Q-U-Y-I-T-S, quiets, meaning early fruit. So when we talk about the summer, we're talking about early fruits. It said when the Bible speaks about fruit, it isn't necessarily referring to what we classify as fruit, but rather uh, when we, the Bible speaks about fruits, it could be the fruit of plants, the fruit of animals, or the fruit of man. All of these can produce fruit within their sphere of existence. Now, one of the fruits of the summer was that of wheat. Let us look at and examine this festival. We call it the Summary Feast of Shavuot the Summary Feast of Shavuot. The fourth annual feast of which Elohim put forth to Israel was the Feast of Shavuot, which came, which, which was of, the, which, which came after seven Sabbaths after the waving of the sheaved barley 
on the morrow after the Sabbath in the week of unleavened bread. And then they would count 50 more days after seven weeks of Shabbats. And after counting seven Shabbats and 50 days, this would bring this feast into the summertime of the year. Now the feast took, this feast took seven weeks of Sabbath and 50 days. Therefore, one could rightly see why this feast is called the Feast of Shavioth. Shavioth means weeks. That's what it means, weeks. Therefore, the Feast of Shavioth is rightly named after how it is calculated. So when they had seven Shabbats that passed and counted 50 days, that's when the day of Pentecost came. So the Feast of Shavioth is correlated to the wheat crop, which takes place after 100 days of the barley crop. On the last day of the counting of the Shavioth, two wheat loaves of bread are offered, which contains the leaven. So we know that in the Passover offerings, it had no leaven in it, but when it came to the Feast of Shavioth, we are told in Leviticus 23, and we look at verse 17, it says, Ye shall bring out of your habitation two wave loaves of two-tenth deals, they shall be of fine flour. They shall be bacon with leaven. Now, you notice it says with leaven. Now, the barley had no leaven, but this had leaven in it. And this was the wheat, wheat bread that they were to bring to the priests. So what we see here is that this bread of wheat during the season of the summer culminated into Shavioth. Let us now deal with the last set of feasts in the climatic season, which are in the fall of the year. And we will refer to these set of feasts as the autum autumnal, the autumnal feast, autumnal feast. Now the autumnal, A-U-T-U-M-N-A-L, the autumnal feasts or the autumnal festivals are those feasts which occur during the fall of the year when the crops are harvested for winter storage. There are three fall feasts which are associated to the fall harvest season. Let us now look at and examine them, we will refer to them as the autumnal festivals. Let us now look and look at and examine them. Okay, let us turn to Leviticus chapter 23. And we want to look at verse 23. Leviticus 23, 23. And here in Leviticus 23 and also 24, he says, And Jehovah spake unto Moshe, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, ye shall have a Shabbat, a memorial of blowing of trumpets and holy convocation. 
So we have what we call the autumnal feast of trumpets. While there are three annual festivals within the seventh month, the feast of trumpets is the first of the is the first of the seventh month, but the fifth feast among the seven of them. It was on the first day of the seventh month that they were to sound the shofars. It was a day in which they would blow the shofar. The shofar is what we call the trumpet. They were to be blown throughout the entire day. If you were there on the day of, of the shofar or the blowing of the trumpets, from the morning to the evening, you would hear the blast of trumpets sounding because it was a day of blowing the trumpet. And the thing about the blowing of the trumpet, Elohim did not necessarily tell him to make a, a harmonious tune. He simply told them to blow it. And in some translation, it says to make some noise. And as they made the noise or blew the trumpet all day long, they would hear the trumpet sound. So that was called the Feast of Trumpets. Yom Teruah was, was the name of that. Yom Teruah, the Day of Trumpets. So as they blew the trumpets, that was a feast of blowing of trumpets. Then we have what you call the autumnal Feast of Atonement. Let us turn to Leviticus 23:27. Here, the 27th verse of the 23rd chapter of Leviticus says, Also on the 10th day of this seventh month, there shall be a day of atonement. It shall be an holy convocation unto you, and ye shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire unto Yehoah. So the autumnal Feast of Atonement, this is the second annual feast of the seventh month and the sixth of the seventh feast, it was this 10th day of the seventh month, they were to abstain from food and to afflict their souls in order to examine themselves to see if there was any wickedness within them of which they needed to confess. And so as they searched their souls and they asked forgiveness for them, then they were preparing themselves for the final feast of the year. So we have the autonomal, the autumnal uh, feast of trumpets, the autumnal feast of atonement. Now the seventh feast is found here in Leviticus 23 and looking at verse number 34. Verse 34 says, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of the seventh month, shall be the Feast of Tabernacles, or the Feast of Booths, for seven days unto Yehoah. So here we have the autumnal Feast of Tabernacles, or we can refer to as the autumnal Feast of Booths. This is the third annual feast of the seventh month, but the seventh of the seventh. It was to be for eight days, starting from the 15th through the 22nd. Now we notice in Leviticus 23:39, and in the 39th verse it says, also in the 15th day of the seventh month, when ye have gathered in the fruit of the land, ye shall keep a feast unto Yehoah seven days. 
on the first day shall be a Shabbat, and on the eighth day shall be a Shabbat. So it was to be for eight days, starting from the 15th through the 22nd. During this feast, his people were to gather into tabernacles or into booths as a reminder of when Elohim brought them forth out of Egypt. So what we have seen here is that when we observe the seasons of the year, particularly uh, spring, summer, and fall, these three seasons contains Elohim's feast. Now, what I, what I want you to notice also is that in the midst of the seven feasts, you got three in the springtime, one in the summer, and then you have three in the fall. And so there's a significance for Pentecost or Shavuot being in the center of the seven feasts. There's a significance for that. And what we want to do in our next lecture is to look at not only the significance of Pentecost being in the center, but we also want to see how it aligns itself to the cross. So at this time, we want to close out this particular discourse with prayer and look forward at our next discourse at 8 o'clock. Let us pray. Eternal Father, we thank you for the salvation of the seasons. For as we see that you have established the seasons of the year with the weather, and you have also established the seasons of the year with your festival days, and your festival days and the climatic days, they come together. They compensate one another. And as we can see the coming together of these things, help us to recognize your creative power and your redemptive ability to be able to save the seasons of the year because these are the things that serve mankind to give him life. So until we meet again, we would ask the ironic blessing, may Jehovah bless us and keep us. May he cause his face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May he lift up his countenance upon us and give us peace, peace in our hearts, peace in our homes, and peace in humanity is our prayer in Yeshua's name. And for his dear sake, we do pray. Amen and amen.